Welcome to Recipe the Revenue Podcast, where we educate, enlighten, and encourage how we improve our quality of sleep to grow our business and improve your health and wellness. I am Donetta D. Morey, certified sleep science coach, certified holistic life coach, author, national editor of the Black National Unity News, and a speaker. I am pleased to have my special guest, Dr. Alicia Shelley, board-certified internal medicine, obesity medicine physician, host of the Back on Track, overcoming weight regain, speaker, fitness advocate, and a health disparity advocate. Welcome back, Dr. Shelley, and thank you for your time and expertise. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I I truly enjoyed myself the last time, so I'm so glad I'm back for part two. (laughs) Yes, I am too, and I have more questions. Okay, now my first one is, what do you find the most challenging when it comes down to weight gain? Like when people have weight gain, what is it that challenge? So a lot of times with challenges, as we age, our metabolism decreases. And so it's so much easier for us to to gain weight than it was when we were younger. In fact, you probably could remember when you were in high school or college where you were just so thin and then all of a sudden you were just gaining weight. (laughs) Um, I actually had a patient uh, today who was like, I've always been this size, but over the last six months I've gained 10 pounds and I don't know what's going on. And a lot of it is it's your body's mechanics where you're just gradually losing your your metabolism is decreasing and your butt and your weight is in your weight is increasing from that and so sometimes i think the hardest thing with gaining weight is um oh and i'll just say another thing there are different life situations that can cause you to gain weight such as pregnancy such as um depression Uh, Sometimes, you know, if you have a family member that passes away and you're grieving for that family member, sometimes, you know, you may not realize it, but you can gain weight gradually. Um, So I would say the problem or the challenge with gaining weight is that it's it's too easy. (laughs) I feel Mm. like age, you can, um, you know, eat chocolate all day and gain weight, you know, whereas you could have done that at five years earlier and it not being an issue. So you, it's so much easier to gain weight when you get older. So that's why I say it'd be the biggest challenge that people face. Okay. I got you. No problem. And, and I, I definitely agree because I know I lost weight over the years and I, and I kept it off, but it's like, it's a struggle like that stubborn weight. Like why won't, it's like, I'm doing everything I can to get you off. I don't need you. And, you know, but so, so it's definitely true as far as the weight gain is taking longer, even though, you know, I eat smaller portions and I, I actually keep track of, of what I eat um, as far as, you know, the, um, you know, the water intake, which is important. And so, but even with, it's slow, it's coming off slow, but at least it's coming off, off now, well, whereas before it was a stubborn. Yeah, and that's the funny thing. You know, you mentioned in your in your story how you were able to make these lifestyle changes. You were tracking what you were eating. You were exercising. And it started to actually, you know, it was stubborn before, but it started to actually move where you're losing weight. Um, a lot of times that challenge with trying to lose weight as we age is that um, the things that used to work aren't working anymore. You know, a lot of times right. when we were in our 20s, we would just stop eating pizza. 
and we lost weight. <laughs> but now it's like, oh, no, I need to not only eat healthy, I need to make sure I'm exercising, drinking water, getting good night's rest. Um, just that all plays a role with helping you lose weight. Um, and then the other thing is, too, when you hit menopause, your body changes where it stores its fat. It stores its fat mostly in the, in the stomach or abdominal region after menopause whereas it used to be in the hips. So a lot of people notice that they have like a, um, like a, a little bit of a belly. And they're like, well, where did this come from? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's just a muffin top. <laughs> yeah, a muffin top. Yes, yes, a muffin top. <laughs> and it's because this is the way um, your body is, is changing. Um, that also puts women at an increased risk for heart disease because of the fact mm-hmm. that they're having uh, weight in their abdominal region. Oh, so, okay. Mm, yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah, so it always oh makes goodness. a difference. Okay. All right. Well, well, that's good. Good to hear. At least that way that we understand it's not always something that we're doing that is just getting older. That's that's the problem. But it doesn't mean that it's not doable, that you have to just keep applying yourself and trying things and, and go to a special like, you know, you know, like yourself to help you along the way. So, so thank you for that. And before you go on to the next question, the one thing I would sure. say too is that we need to, it's, it's harder when we don't stay consistent. A yes. lot of times we get on a particular diet and get discouraged um, in the first month that we don't lose like 20 pounds. I was recently in the store, in the grocery store, and I looked up and this magazine said, drop 43 pounds by Memorial Day. And the magazine was actually was uh, the magazine was actually dated May 9th. So I'm like, in three weeks you're gonna lose 43 pounds. Like they just want you to open the magazine. <laughs> right, like, right. Because if you're losing 43 pounds in that six week span, that's not healthy weight. So a lot right, of times, yeah. what stops us from being consistent is that we are we're having these. Uh, unrealistic expectations. We think we can lose 43 pounds in three weeks. And when we don't, we may not lose 43 pounds, but we may lose five pounds. We're discouraged. And so we stop. Right. So right. the good thing in, in your case is that you're still sticking with it. You're like not giving up with your healthy habits. You're sticking with it and you're seeing the change. A lot of times the change is gradual. I sometimes will do before pictures of the page of my clients and then halfway through, I'll do an additional picture. I'll be like, look, do you see the difference? It's working. It's just not as fast as you would like it to. And that is true. And then the other thing that I wanted to add is that sometimes getting on the scale on a regular basis is discouraging because it's not going to happen for the weight drop that, that you might lose inches first as opposed to the weight. And then all of a sudden your clothes are the determinative factor and how you feel too. I definitely agree with that. Um, I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily weigh myself on a daily basis because definitely when you see your weight fluctuate, it can be discouraging. But at least on a weekly basis, you can really see where you're going with the weight and you can see yourself losing one pound or two pounds per week or a couple of ounces per week. And uh, definitely by keeping your measurements, that's good too. Because sometimes you're right, people don't notice, like if they're gaining muscle, their weight is, is heavier or not necessarily moving, but because they're gaining muscle, they're losing fat, so their inches are decreasing. And so, absolutely right, having secondary goals besides, oh, I wanna lose 10 pounds, 
It may be, oh, I want to get to a different dress size or, or lose different um, inches. And because you have all other goals that you're looking for, you're less likely to get discouraged and stop. Right. Yes, definitely, definitely. Now, the next question is, what are your thoughts on slimming gels or waist trainer or other devices? Not so much the weight per, per se. I guess it's more for the inches or combination of both. So I'm just curious, what, what do you think of the slimming gels, weight, waist trainers, and other devices? I don't think they're quite as helpful. I mean, yes, they because you have this on, you probably sweat a little bit more um, and maybe burning a little bit more calories there. But the waist trainer is not necessarily going to get rid of the fat. So I could wear a waist trainer all day and I not really see a difference. You know, like the the weight, the my inches. I'm not I'm not going to go down on my inches. But if I'm exercising, doing um, eating less, then I may see the weight, the fat decrease. So the weight trainers by itself, I wouldn't say are effective. But if you're using it um, because when people use the weight trainers, they just sweat more. So they, you know, they burn right, more calories. Right. <laughs> but they have to actually be exercising, so you can't just wear the waist trainer and sit down. <laughs> so, so I, you know, I wouldn't necessarily say the weight trainers would help people to lose weight, but the fact that they're exercising, eating less, um, and yes, they may be wearing the weight trainer to increase their, um, uh, their sweating which will kind of burn more calories, that can be helpful. Because I see people who wear like the sweat tops, like it's the, um, it looks like a trash bag. I forget exactly the name of it, but it's, it helps them to sweat more while they exercise. Um, okay. but it's not like it's really changing, um, like changing the fat molecules or anything like that. It's just trying to allow you to sweat more and you burn more calories. Light, I unfortunately light. sweat a whole lot. Okay. <laughs> Because um, <laughs> I will be sweating a whole lot regardless of what I do, um, but I don't. I don't think they're quite as helpful alone to lose weight. Why? Well, I got you. Okay. Okay. Great. Great. Now the other question is: Do you have men as patients? And if so, are their weight gain challenge um, do it also affect their belly the same way as as ours? So, yes, I have men as patients, and although they don't have, like, abdominal, well, it's not the same as far as the hormonal um, changes that women have. Men naturally will gain weight in their belly. So as they gain weight, you're going to see it mostly in their belly just in general. So that's why men tend to have more heart disease earlier in life, and women develop it later on in life. Um, and so as far as their weight challenges, they, there are still men that have weight challenges. It sometimes is easier for a man to lose weight than a woman because women are kind of combating hormones as well. But mm. for men, a lot of the time it's being consistent in what they're trying to do. So um, as far as in their lifestyle changes to help with losing weight. Uh, some, and when men, because men have more muscle mass, they tend, and, and just so you know, muscle burns more calories than fat. So because they're able to tone more and they have more muscle mass, it's easier for them to lose weight. So if you had a couple, the couple is eating the same food, exercising the same, what you'll find is that the men will lose the weight faster than the woman. Mm, okay. I have the wife come in and be like, well, we lost weight, but he lost more. <laughs> and I, right. And then, that's a little upset. 
But, you know, you can still do it, but you just have to incorporate those healthy habits and still be consistent. Right, right. True, true. Now, the the thing about it is, is, is it can, because it's natural for men to gain, for some, is there any kind of dis, um, dis, um, um, let me see, disease or that, that it causes because of that? Like you mentioned about women um, that can um, contribute to heart attack. So mm-hmm. is there anything that that will contribute to it for, it for, for men? Yes. Yeah, so they too will be at increased risk for heart disease, but young. Oh, so oh it'll, it'll, okay. So they're like in their 50s, some people 40s, depending, um, where they may have like a heart attack or, or 60s, they have a heart attack. And it's because of the fact that they have that abdominal fat, um, that they're just that increased, um, the increased girth, shall we say, puts them at increased risk. So, um, yeah, so it is always important, I'll say, to see your primary care doctor, make sure you're getting your yearly physicals, because sometimes there is a genetic component to heart disease, and so you may not be aware that you have high cholesterol, or you may not be aware you have high blood pressure. So it's important to make sure that you get tested. Okay, great, great. Wow, that's, and thank you for sharing that, because I think it's important, because I know we always talk about women as far as weight gain, but not all, you know, but men, because I mean, you know, that's, that's the other thing, thing, too, that, you know, it's almost like, you know, as they say, the silent killer, I know for high blood pressure, but that extra weight can be a silent killer, too, not really paying attention or not just thinking, I'm just overweight, and that's, and, and that's just the way it is. I'm trying to eat these things, but not really realizing how that can affect your health. And so I'm, I'm glad you shared it with us. Oh, yeah. Um, it definitely, it all plays a role. I have a, the personal, I have a brother who has always been the skinny guy. Like, he was skinny and I was always the plump one. <laughs> and I would always look at him and be so jealous, so jealous. But now as he aged, he, well, he also wasn't eating right either, but he has a job that's more sedentary and you start to see the gradual weight. And of course, it started in his stomach. Now, thank God he doesn't have any medical conditions yet. But I'm still trying to work with him and be like, hey, let's eat healthy. Let's get back into exercise. Because for men, it definitely, they can, they will gain weight as well as they age just because their metabolism de- is decreasing and they're not as active as they once were. So sometimes we get so busy with our everyday life that, um, you know, our weight start, or we're not as active. We have more stuff that takes a precedent or more priority. And so, right. so now my, me and my brother, well, I'm sure he weighs more than me now, but it just made a difference over time as he started to um, to gain weight, even though he was the one that was always the skinny one. <laughs> right, right. Okay, okay. Now, the other thing that just came came to mind, um, doesn't your profession at times affect your weight gain? Like, for example, men or women, specifically men, as far as truck, truck drivers. Like, you know, mm-hmm. who drive a truck or might drive any type of transportation, you know, because they're setting. So or wouldn't that make it more more difficult because it's a mo- movement? Yeah, definitely. Um, as I didn't mention this, but my brother is a truck driver. And that's when oh he, my started goodness. Getting, yeah, when he, when he started doing truck driving. Because, you know, truck driving, you're sedentary, you're driving a majority of your shift. Um, you're, because you are, and sometimes truck drivers, they're, you know, driving at night times, so they're trying to stay awake. Um, if they're long haulers, the, what's available, 
um, for to eat at is at the local, you know, they go to the regular uh, rest stop. And so they may have pizza, they may have like all types of unhealthy food. Right. So this is what eating, you know, when it's time to eat, and then you're then you're wondering why I'm not, you know, I'm not losing any weight or why I'm gaining weight because of the fact that you're sitting a lot, you're not moving around. Prior to this, mm. my brother worked in um, a, a warehouse. And so he was moving a lot, he was walking a lot, he was um, like, you know, picking up boxes, and he was able to maintain his weight. But once he went to a truck driving, that's when he started gaining the weight. So you're right, your profession can dictate, you know, your weight gain, because you're not as active. And so what does that mean? That means you have to find ways around it. How I counsel like uh, individuals who are truck drivers is like, yeah, even though you're driving majority of your shift, you have to get out. You have to wait for that load to get put on your truck so you can walk around your truck mm-hmm. multiple times to kind of stay active. You can take a 30-minute, like, exercise break, you know, or you can um, do exercises in addition to what you're doing or count your steps so you can see how many steps am I getting. Let me park far away so I can get my steps in. Uh, same as if you are working in an office, you know, you have to get up to go to the bathroom. So you can just take, you know, uh, assign yourself breaks so that you can be able to walk around. You can take the stairs. Even if you are like on the, you know, 50th floor, you can maybe stop at, you know, floor 47 and walk up three flights of stairs. Like, you know, there are ways that you can stay active um, without necessarily, you know, always having to sit down all the time. And you don't, and although I do believe in, you know, doing exercise, um, specific exercise, but this is one way how to stay active throughout the day. Right. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Wrestling Revenue Podcast. We're going to take a quick break. Hello, everyone. I'm Dr. Celeste Owens. I am your speaker for the Surrender Break Room. And I just want to come in and ask you a couple of questions. Like, for example, how many times have you heard you need to write a book? How many times have you heard people say, oh, you have such great ideas or you have so much knowledge? Do you have a book about that? Well, I'm here to help. I have the Book Doula program, which is a program that's designed to take you from idea to print in just 12 weeks. Can you imagine finally having that book in your hand, holding it with your name on it? I couldn't imagine it some years ago. And now I am the author of four books, you guys, because I was willing to take that step and to move forward and to publish that masterpiece that was in my heart. I'm here to help you. So if you have a book in your heart, make sure you check me out at drcelesteowens.com and check out the Book Doula program. Again, it'll take you from idea to print in just 12 weeks. Be blessed. Mentor Tracker is a comprehensive sleep tracking solution from sleep aids that you use before bed to calm you down. Sleep tracking that tracks your sleep, records your snore, and detects relevant sleep risks, including sleep apnea. To smart alarms that wake you up naturally, sleep reports that give you more insight on your sleep quality and issues, and sleep courses and articles that help you improve your sleep 
Health. All these are neatly packed into one app to help people have a great sleep. So scan the QR code with your cell phone, download and discover more about the sleep app on Mental Tracker with millions of users. I am Donetta D. Morin, Wrestling Revenue Podcast, and we have our special guest, Dr. Shelley. I'm going to continue with the questions. Now, my next question is, do you see self-care as a part of fitness, wellness, and sleep? Yes. So self-care is so important. A lot of times, and, and physiologically it's important, when you have more stress, specifically chronic stress, it actually increases your cortisol levels in your body. And that cortisol can contribute to fat, uh, fat being deposited in your body. So when we carry that chronic stress, it's not good for us. And it's always important that we find a way to incorporate self-care. And a lot of times I was talking to some ladies last night and we were, the lady was asking, well, how do you all, you know, balance self-care? And I'm like, well, you know what? You have to schedule it. You have yes. to schedule work time. You have to schedule your rest time and your play time because in order to be balanced, um, you need to be able to have recovery. You know, you may work hard at work, but then when you come home, you need to be able to recover. And so by having that self-care, having that time, it allows you to, number one, be better, more refreshed, be ready to go the next day. Mm-hmm. You know, you may look agitated with your family. You know, sometimes we're so stressed out that even the smallest things, we're yelling at our kids, we're yelling at our husband, we're just yelling. And we're yelling at the dog. I'm <laughs> <laughs> just yelling. You know? Yeah. And it's just a sign maybe you need some self-care time. You know, you need time to just relax. I, one of my um, questions when I interview my clients is, what do you do to relax? And it's very interesting to me that some people don't know what they do. That means it hasn't been a priority. So right. it's extremely important um, to not only lose weight if you're trying to get a good night's rest. By you being able to, you know, have recovery time, you sleep better. You know, you're not sitting here worried about everything. <laughs> You know, because imagine if you are anxious, you're not going to be able to sleep well because your mind is just going 100, 100 miles a minute. You know, you're trying to figure out whatever the problem is that is, is going on or you're worried about somebody else. So definitely self-care. And self-care doesn't have to be, you don't have, it doesn't have to be expensive. You don't be like, well, I'm going to on vacation for a couple of days or I'm going to this spa. It may right. be just. That's true. Yeah, you know, we think it's going to be expensive. We may just spend five or ten minutes meditation, prayer, just spending a moment in silence and just exhaling and then getting ready to go on your day. Like just, it can be small things. You like to read, read a chapter, you know. Um, You like to do puzzles, do a puzzle. Coloring books. Who knew coloring books could be so relaxing? (laughs) But it is. (laughs) So whatever it is that you enjoy, do that and make sure you schedule it because it won't get done otherwise. Yes, that's true. And that is true. Now, the next question I have, do you find that your clients sleep better like doing, because the spring and the summer get ready to come and, you know, as opposed to fall and winter, like, like do the season or make a difference as far as the, the quality of sleep? So I haven't seen it in my practice that the quality of sleep 
I always, I think in my personal life, I feel like I sleep better when I'm snuggling up. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I like to be just a little bit cold so I can snuggle under the under the covers and I feel a little bit better. I do find that sometimes when it's hot outside, people don't sleep as well, just because especially if they're hot natured and they're sweating, they tend to like, you know, kind of kick the covers off. Um, so I would say maybe more summer, the sleep may not be as, as um, you know, as rest as restful, especially if you're more hot or you're experiencing hot flashes or things of that nature, um, that can make it more difficult. But definitely when it's raining, I think we all want to kind of curl up in a ball and go to and take a nap. When yes. It's yes. So yes. I would say maybe the winter you may sleep a little bit better, but that's just um, just my thoughts on that. Right. Okay. Okay. Now the other thing that I did want to ask, I mean, what the, the thing I wanted to add to it is that, of course, the temperature of the room make a, a big a, a big difference. So if you have central air and it's the summertime then you should probably be okay because that you could balance out. So even if it's hot outside, at least you could come into a nice, cool place and kind of cool down as opposed to if you don't. So if it's hot outside and it's kind of hot in your house too, or it's not as cool, then I think that may make a difference. So um, temperature control as far as your house, I think makes a big, big difference. And I know who people who are I don't want to say hot-blooded because I don't even know what that means. But people who like to be warm, that, you know, the quality of sleep, they, it might suffer because of that. But I always say you can always balance it out by having on a ceiling fan or a fan so that way at least the room itself can be cool even if you warm underneath the covers. Those are really good advice <laughs> just to kind of help stay cool while they're sleeping. Right, right. Yes, yes. Once again, thank you for staying with Wrestling the Revenue Podcast. We'll be right back. Hello, this is Donata D. Boring. I want to share with you my new book, 21 Days to Improve Your Sleep Hygiene and Lose Weight. It's a great book that provides guidance, and techniques on how you can become more mindful, gain energy, and become more productive to grow your business. I appreciate you purchasing my book on Amazon, or you can go to my website, Donetta D. Mooring, which is D-O-N-A-T-A-D-M-O-O-R-I-N-G.com. Thank you for your support. Once again, thank you for staying with Wrestling Through Revenue. Dr. Charlie, I want to thank you so much for part two as far as coming back and sharing your knowledge and information. I've learned so much, and I'm sure I listen to the audience did too. So if you could please share how we can contact you. Yes. Um, so you can contact me um, at... Uh, I have my uh, the Back on Track Overcoming Weight Regain podcast where you can get all, uh, wherever you find your podcast, you could find me. But then also you can go to drshellymd.com where we have um, our master classes and then we also will be having our group coaching program. So to find out more information, just go to drshellymd.com. 
Great. Thank you. If someone would like to find out more information about me, the best way is Donetta10k.com. And that is D-O-N-A-T-A, the number one, zero K.com. That's where you'll be able to find my website or my podcast episodes. Services I offer on sleep, health, fitness, and wellness, including all my social media platforms and so much more. Once again, Donetta10k.com. Remember, sleep heals.